Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Arsenal versus Leicester City. Tuesday, July the 7th, 2020. 8.15pm Contents Head Coach Mikel Arteta Captain Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang Voice of Arsenal Match Action Southampton versus Arsenal 35 years in the community Arsenal Academy Junior Gunners History, Culture Club, Player Questionnaire, Eddie Enketia, Arsenal Women, Match Action, Sheffield United versus Arsenal, Visitors, Leicester City, Match Action, Arsenal versus Norwich City, Teams. Mikel Arteta, the head coach on why we are getting the right results. I was so proud of the team after we beat Wolves on Saturday. We were committed, we produced some great moments of quality and we managed the game really well, which is something we haven't always done. The players are very aware that if we suffer and they enjoy to suffer together, then we can beat any team. And if we don't, then we're going to suffer against any team. This is the message that I've given them. We are not able to win comfortably every three days. But if they play at that rhythm with the subs making the impact that they made at Wolves, then we have a chance. To get a clean sheet at Molyneux, I'm very pleased. We played in a little bit different positions from what the players are used to, and it's a formation that we haven't used much or trained much. But the effort and attention and everything they are trying to do, that's when it brings the focus and then the results. It was a strange feeling to be back here for the Norwich game, and I have to say that the win didn't quite feel the same without the fans to share it with. But I was still really happy with the performance. We did everything we talked about. We were really aggressive in our high press. The areas that we won the ball as well allowed us to make quick attacks. But then I didn't like the way that we competed for the last two or three minutes of the first half and the first ten or fifteen minutes of the second half, 
when we gave the opponents some gifts. That's something we have to improve quickly if we don't want to give the opponents any chances. Cedric made a great impact, and I was really pleased for him, because his attitude since he joined has been so positive towards the group and everything that we are trying to create. He's been very unlucky with the injuries and the fracture that he had, but he's ready now. It was also typical of Albert to get two goals when a few people have been pointing out that he hadn't scored in four matches. Alba has a great mentality and willingness. He's a competitor. He wants to get better and better. Last week we announced that two of our young players had signed long-term contracts and Bukeo Saka celebrated with a fantastic goal. We played him on the right of midfield at Wolves. I wanted to fit him in when we knew we would be without Nico. He actually struggled at times in the first half, but what I like is that when things aren't going for him, he reacted and had the personality to try and get the ball and fight for every ball and keep trying. He was rewarded. He can play in many positions and that is down to his maturity, his intelligence and how brave he is on the pitch and the personality that he plays with. Wherever he plays, he learns and he wants to make things happen all the time. He is not afraid, even if he is 18 years old. It's one of the best qualities that he has. He has come through the Arsenal Academy and earned his respect with hard work and accountability and you can see the progression that he is having as a player, but as well as a person. He is a player that his teammates really like, that I admire and he has a big hunger to become even better, so I think it's the perfect thing to do right now. Gabby is another player with a similarly fantastic attitude to the game and desire to learn. He adapted to England and football here so quickly, faster than we expected, and quickly became really important to us. The goal he scored at Chelsea was one of the standout goals of the season. I know how much the fans loved it too, and it illustrated his composure and potential. Gabby and Bukeo are part of a squad that I really think is on the right trajectory. I think that they are really happy and that they are enjoying playing with each other in the way that they are training and the way that they are behaving. Hopefully we can continue. It's a long process but the hardest thing is that continuity all the time and that we don't come back to where we were and go back to bad habits. If we keep progressing then we will compete every game. Thanks again for your support. We know it is coming from all over the world for the team. We have a big responsibility as a coaching team, just like the players, to make this club reflective of our magnificent supporters, and I think we are going in the right direction. Enjoy the game. The captain, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, the captain on a fourth consecutive win. That was a fantastic win on Saturday. I don't think many people thought we would go there and win because Wolves have been consistently good for two seasons now and have been very strong since the restart. But I thought we controlled the first half and got a really good goal through Bucco, who I will speak about later. The second half was tough at times. We had to dig deep and manage the game and I thought we did that really well. They are a good side and they have big threats but even when they were pinning us back a bit, they weren't creating a lot of chances, and I thought Emmy kept us nice and cool with some good handling. He's been great since he's come into the team. 
Then, in the last period of the game, we really started to find our attacking threat again and created some really good chances, and I thought Lacquer took his goal very nicely. There are so many games at the moment, we know how big a role the substitutes play, like Joe at Southampton and Cedric last Wednesday. And it was the same again at Wolves. Everyone who came on made a massive impact. It was great to win our first game back at our home, Emirates Stadium, last week, even if we couldn't share it with our fans. I was really proud to get to 50 Premier League goals, and apparently this is the fastest it has been done for the club. But first of all, I think of the team, and we did a great job against Norwich. Eddie showed the way against Southampton that if you can pressurise goalkeepers, there are rewards, and mine came against Tim Krul. It's part of our game, closing down defenders and goalkeepers. I think we did it really well at times against Wolves too, and my goal helped us settle. It was great for Granite to get his first league goal of the season. He has good quality, and I think the game became more comfortable after that. My goal in the second half came at a good time, as we had been a bit off the pace earlier in the half, and I felt really confident through on goal, though, to be honest, I always back myself in this situation, and then the icing on the cake came from Cedric. It's been really tough for Cedric. The circumstances of him coming in and not playing have been so unusual, so for him to finally come on and score within a couple of minutes, it's easy. He's become an important member of the squad and is really popular. It was no surprise the manager wanted to sign him permanently. Speaking of signings, it was great for the club that Bakayo and Gabi signed new contracts last week. They have made a big, big impact at the club, even though they are only teenagers. Particularly for Bakayo, it must be amazing to sign that contract and think back to when he first put on the Arsenal shirt in the academy when I think he was only six or seven. Both of them are such impressive players already. They have so much to their games, as Bakayo showed with that brilliant goal on Saturday when he just guided it in so nicely. It's funny for me looking back, because at 18, I was really raw. There was a lot for me to learn, and it took me a few years to really see all of my potential. But these boys, and you can say the same about Joe and Eddie too, they already seem to have lots of mature attributes. And the great thing is that they are making an impression at the highest level now. But the key is that they are hungry to work hard, and really want to learn more and get better and better. There's actually a kind of link with these lads to Leicester, because when I was 21, I went on loan to Monaco from Milan. I made my debut in the first game of the season at Lyon, a big game, and also making his debut was a guy who was only 18, like Bouquet, but had been playing for all of France's junior sides. His name is Nampoli Mondi, and he may well play against us tonight for Leicester. It will be good to see him again. Our careers go way back. We know Leicester are dangerous. I think a bit like us, people were saying they were having troubles after the lockdown, but we have gone on a good run, and they had a really good result against Palace at the weekend. And of course, as a centre-forward, I have a lot of respect for Jamie Vardy. He is so consistent. If we allow him any opportunities to run off us, it's a goal for them. 
We will feel a bit more comfortable at home today, now we have played a game here, but there is no doubt we will always miss you and your energy whilst you are not here. In those periods where we need inspiration, we have to find it ourselves, just like every other team. It's like Wolves, they were on top for a spell in the second half until we finished the game really strongly, but could their fans have made that little difference then? Who knows? But we know that we have to keep this good run going and build on the results and increasingly good performances we are producing. Thank you for supporting us from home. We can feel your support and we want you all to stay safe. C-O-R-G The voice of Arsenal Saka signs on Teenage Sensation Bakaya Saka has pledged his future to the club after signing a new long-term deal. The academy product, who first played for us aged eight, has enjoyed a breakthrough season in the first team, scoring three goals and adding 11 assists so far. The 18-year-old said, I'd just like to thank God for this very proud moment for me and my family. I've been here since the age of eight and we've been working hard every single day. But while we've been working, we've also been dreaming about moments like this. I love playing for Arsenal. I love playing for the coach, the fans, my teammates. I really believe in the philosophy that the boss is bringing and on what he's building. And I'm just really excited to see where he's going to take us in the future. When I was at Hale End, I just remember always seeing a picture of Jack Wiltshire on the walls when I walked in every single day. I used to tell myself that that's possible to get into this first team and there's a pathway. Now, I'm in that position and that I've got to the level that he got to when he was my age. I'm really proud of myself. I'm really happy and I just want to keep taking each day by day, staying humble and trying to get better each day. Martinelli signs too. We're delighted to announce that Brazilian forward Gabriel Martinelli has also signed a new contract extension with us. The 19-year-old scored 10 goals from 26 outings in his debut season and said, I'm thrilled. I'd like to thank my family and God for giving me this opportunity, as well as the staff at Arsenal and the fans who have always got behind me. And since my recent injury, I've received so many messages of support from them, which has been wonderful for me. I'm so pleased to have an extension on my contract, so now I'm focused on recovering well from this injury and coming back as strong and as soon as possible. Theo Foley. Arsenal Football Club would once again like to offer sincere condolences to the friends and family of our former assistant manager, Theo Foley. His death rocked Emirates Stadium. There were so many older staff members who remembered Theo with great warmth. He had a huge passion for football and for life, and it was fitting that the TF training top graced the dugout one last time prior to our win over Norwich. These thoughts on Theo came from Arsenal historian John Sperling. Head to arsblog.com for an unabridged version 
of this excellent tribute. It would be an exaggeration to suggest Dublin-born Theo Foley needed much persuasion from George Graham to leave 2nd Division Millwall in 1986 for Highbury's Marble Halls. But Foley's recollection of the days surrounding the pair's move to North Five spoke volumes for his humanity and his undying respect for Graham. George told me that Arsenal were going to speak to him about the job and then if he got it, he would take me with him as his assistant. I told George that of course I'd go with him because I knew that he had the makings of a top, top manager and who wouldn't want to go to Arsenal? George had raw ambition to get to the top. I just love working in football full stop but going to Ivory was the pinnacle of my career. Shrewd operator that Graham was, he'd learnt from the 1971 double manager winner Bertie Mee that in order to run a club successfully and nurture a winning team, the right blend of coaches was required. As Arsenal embarked in the resistance of the late 80s, George Graham and Theo Foley were the yin and yang. They were perfect. George was a tracksuit manager, recalled Alan Smith. He was demanding, sharp, to the point, and was standoffish, whereas Theo was the opposite. And George knew he needed him because Theo was the opposite. Theo was very good at working one-to-one with the players, having quiet words, noticing if players weren't quite understanding instruction or were struggling. It was highly effective double act. The former Northampton Town star and Charlton manager was intense and passionate. Foley was as outraged as the Arsenal players were when, at half-time in the Littlewoods semi-cup final second leg between Tottenham and Arsenal, with the hosts 2-0 up on aggregate, the White Hart Lane stadium announcer explained how Spurs fans could purchase their tickets for the final. Theo was apoplectic, recalls Charlie Nicholas. We are all of the opinion, we'll show them, and we did. As well as being fondly remembered by the Gunners players, his interaction with fans cemented his place in supporters' hearts. After the players' coach arrived back in the early hours following the team's win at Anfield back in May 89, Pete Mountford recalls, Theo came down to the supporters' club, bought some drinks... He shared some Anfield anecdotes with many of us in here for an hour or so into the wee small hours of the morning. Dino explains, Theo used to come into my dad's cafe, the Triangle in Palmer's Green, and promised us some complimentary tickets. He was a lovely man. I had no idea what the paddock was until we were sitting in it, watching us play from behind the manager. It was the match that saw Winterburn scored his wonder goal against Wimbledon in May 1989. After Foley's death last month, there were countless other tributes paid to him from fans and former players at Northampton, Charlton and Arsenal. He was a football man to the truest sense of the word and his good cop to George Graham's bad cop was hugely influential as Arsenal tasted success once again in the late 80s. 50 up. Our last home game was also special for Pierre-Emerick Umbamiang, who netted his 50th Premier League goal, then swiftly followed with his 51st. He brought up the landmark in his 79th game in the competition. This makes him the fastest Arsenal player ever to amass a half-century in the Premier League, getting there four games sooner than Thierry Henry managed it, and eight games faster than Ian Wright. 
in the whole of the Premier League, only five players needed fewer games than Uber. Beyond the Premier League's era, Aubameyang is the 38th different player in our history to score 50 league goals and the fastest to the milestone since Joe Baker did it in 62 games back in 1963. A debut delight. Congratulations to Cedric Soares, who not only has made his first team debut into the last game here at the Emirates, but marked the occasion with a goal as well. In fact, he became the first player to score on his Arsenal debut since Aubameyang back in February 2018, and only the third debut scorer in the past 10 years. It took him just 229 seconds to open his account for the club, already matching his Premier League tally for previous club Southampton in 120 matches for the Saints. He had to wait more than five months and finally make his debut after arriving on transfer deadline day in January. Injuries either side of the lockdown disrupted his first few months at the club, but last week he turned the deal into a permanent one and was at last able to make his bow at the Emirates as a late sub. The 28-year-old is the 871st player to represent the club in our history, but only the fourth from Portugal, after Luis Beaumorte, Maria Biscoff and Rio Fonte. Welcome aboard. Corporate lawyer Tim Lewis has been appointed as a non-executive director of Arsenal Holdings Limited and Arsenal Football Club PLC. Tim, a partner with Clifford Chance, joins the boards with immediate effect. Stan and Josh Cronke said we are pleased to announce Tim's appointment. He will bring additional experience and skills, starting with our work to come out of the current situation. We want to be as strong as possible. Tim, who is a lifelong Arsenal fan, said, I am looking forward to the opportunity in working with Stan and Josh, the board and executive team, to help this club forward at this critical time. Congratulations, Viv. Arsenal striker Vivian has been named the FWA's Women Player of the Year after a stunning season in the Women's Super League. The Dutch forward scored an incredible 16 goals from 14 league outings before the season was brought to a premature end. She is also the leading scorer in the Champions League with 10 goals and will resume in the Champions next month. Chelsea's Beth England finished second, whilst Lucy Bronze were joint third. Media said, obviously I couldn't have done it without my teammates and I can't wait to be able to go out again and enjoy football. Inspector Steve Lewington. Arsenal Football Club would like to wish Inspector Steve Lewington a very long and happy retirement. After 30 years service, he has been ever-present police officer on duty at our games both at Highbury and the Emirates. In 1990, as a young PC, he was deployed into the segregation line. And in more recent years, as police commander, he has supported our safety management team in the control room. Thanks, Steve. Latest fixture changes. A reminder of when our upcoming Premier League fixtures will be played. Tottenham versus Arsenal, Sunday, July the 12th, 4.30pm, Sky Sports. Arsenal versus Liverpool, Wednesday, July the 15th, 8.15pm, Sky Sports. Aston Villa versus Arsenal, Tuesday, July the 21st, 8.15pm, 
Sky Sports. It's City in the semi. We will face Manchester City in the semi-final of the Emirates FA Cup on Saturday, July the 18th, kicking off at 7.45pm. The match will be played behind closed doors at Wembley Stadium, but it's televised live on BT Sport. It's our 30th appearance in a semi-final, a joint record in English football as we go hunting for record-extending 14th trophy this year. Another semi-final is between Chelsea and Manchester United. The final will be played on Saturday, August the 1st, also at Wembley Stadium. Steve Sammers. It is with great regret that the club learns of the recent death of Steve Stammers. A journalist who covered Arsenal for many years, Steve worked for a number of newspapers, most recently the Sunday Mirror, but it was during his long stint as the Arsenal man at the Evening Standard that he became synonymous with the club. A constant presence at press conferences and in mixed zones, he became good friends with staff, players and managers at the club, in particular Arsene Wenger, with whom he enjoyed an excellent relationship with. A regular interviewer of Tony Adams for his captain's notes in the programme, Steve was highly knowledgeable about the club, writing a number of Arsenal-related books, including Arsenal, the official biography. Steve will be missed by so many at the club, and we extend our deepest sympathies to his friends and family. Arsenal remembers. Jim Maguire. It was with great regret that club learned of the death of former scout Jim Maguire. Our former chief scout Steve Rowley said of him, Jim was a very loyal, hard-working scout and a real force for us in the 80s and the 90s, with a great eye for a young player. He had unbelievable enthusiasm for the job and nothing was too much trouble for him in the support of a player. His knowledge, personality and kindness will be sorely missed. The club extends sincere sympathies to the Maguire family. Paul Reid, age 58, passed suddenly away on March 11th, 2020. He will be sadly missed by his family, brothers, Peter Mark and Malcolm, niece, Alfie, girl and his elderly mother, Marjorie. Andy Place, Arsenal fan Andy, who sadly died in February after a brave cancer battle. Much loved husband, father, son and good friend. Respected writer and journalism lecturer at the De Montford University. Memories include the 1993 FA Cup final and being at the penalty's end Wembley semi-final 2014. Roy Allen, who grew up in the shadow of the East End in the 1930s Highbury, forever Arsenal, forever Invincibles, God bless Nipper, Allen family, Gunners forever. John Philip Wilson, Lifelong Arsenal fan will be cheering on the Arsenal from above and with his dad, George. Forever loved by his family, friends and children, Leanne, Matthew and Olivia. David Swan, Swanee, aged 41, died suddenly on the 16th of May 2020 and was a devoted Arsenal fan. Leaves behind wife Katie, daughter Isla, parents Sandra and John, brother Mark, nephew Charlie and all the rest of his beloved family and friends. Rest in peace, Swanee. Up the Reds. Match Report. Southampton. Premier League. 
Match Day 31. 6 p.m. Thursday, June the 25th. St Mary's Stadium. Southampton 0, Arsenal 2. Nikisha 20, Willock 86. Southampton 1, McCarthy 43, Valerie 46. 5, Stevens, red card. 35, Bednarek. 21, Bertrand. 17, Armstrong. 16, Ward-Prowse. 23, Hodgeberg. 90. 22, Redmond. 9, Ings. 90. 20, Oberfemi. 46. Substitutes. Vestergaard, 90. Long, 46. Walker-Peters, 46. Romia, 90. Adams, Smallbone, Gunn, Vokins, Teller. Arsenal, 26. Martinez, 20. Mustafi, yellow card. 16. Holding, 3. Tierney, 70. 2. Bellerin, 8. Thebaos, 80. 34. Shaka, 77. Saka, 19. Pepe, 64. 30. Nikisha, 79. 14. Obamiyang. Substitutes. Kolasinak, 70. Willock, 64. Lacazette, 79. Maitland Niles, 80. Socrates, Macy, Smith, Nelson, Azil. First half. The Gunners lined up with three at the back, and our wing backs were soon bombing forward to help the attack. But our opening goal came via Eddie Nikisha's quick thinking and determination. Alex McCarthy, in the Southampton goal, dwelt in possession just a split second too long. Nikisha pounced to dispossess him and rolled the ball into an empty net. Nikisha nearly doubled the lead when Nicolas Pepe found him inside the area as we started to grow in confidence. Second half. The game was on a knife edge at 1-0 and Emiliano pulled off a fine save to deny Shane Long and smother the loose ball. With the game entering a nervous last five minutes or so, the home side were reduced to ten men when Jack Stevens was given his marching orders after bringing down an accelerating Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. From the resulting free kick, we sealed the points. Alexandre Lacazette's initial effort hit the wall. His second attempt was parried by the keeper and from the rebound, Joe Willock swooped to tuck home his first Premier League goal. Match stats. Total shots. Southampton, 12. Arsenal, 10. Shots on target. Southampton, 3. Arsenal, 5. Corners. Southampton, 4. Arsenal, 6. Offsides. Southampton, 2. Arsenal, 1. Fouls. Southampton, 10. Arsenal, 14. Possession. Southampton, 53%. Arsenal, 
35 years in the community. During this unique and challenging time for many, our community departments continue to support a variety of participants, organisations and local residents. Here is some of the amazing work being done by staff and volunteers. Our Arsenal in the Community staff stroke volunteers help to transport NHS workers around North London. Another successful day delivering emergency supplies into our communities across London throughout Camden and Hackney. Club partners Adidas helped set up a video call from Arsenal legend Ian Wright to one of our indoor bowls participants. Young people from our Kicks project volunteered with the charity Manor Gardens to help them create an outdoor well-being space for locals. Arsenal players Reese Nelson and Joe Willock surprise our Kicks participants and host a memorable Q&A session. Oddie is a volunteer coach on our GAP programme. Instead of heading home to Greece before lockdown, he decided to stay and volunteer for the NHS. Club partners Delaware North donate a supply of soft drinks and snacks, which in turn were delivered to the Whittington Hospital for staff. Our staff thanking Shokran Mustafi for his donation of 16,000 meals to local residents and explaining the process. Two of our full-time staff members, Luke and Justin, participate in a 100k bike ride in support of the Willow Foundation. Congratulations! We launched Arsenal Home Learning through our Double Club project. Arsenal in the community have worked with club partner Intel. Full-time staff delivering emergency supplies into the community, including Homerton Hospital. Arsenal Foundation, his church and Islington Giving combined to deliver 30,000 meals throughout the borough. Arsenal in the community staff and volunteers were on hand throughout the process. Morrison Supermarket, contributing to help us create parcels for our more vulnerable service users. Arsenal Academy, Younger, James Olienka. Around the Academy, Gunners Excelling on Loan. Young Gun, James Inca, talking to Aidan Small. The Basics, Born, London, October the 5th, 2000. Joined Arsenal, 2006. Height and weight, 5 feet 11, 77 kilos. Position, Central Midfield. School, Altenham School. Winning a playoff final at Wembley as part of the Northampton team last week is an experience I'll never forget. Waking up on the morning of the game, I was so focused on what I'd been told in training that week and what we needed to do as a team, but we all couldn't help but notice how weird everything felt as we made the trip to Wembley. Normally, for an occasion like this, you'd feel the atmosphere building as you're driving to the stadium, and seeing the fans out and about in Wembley, but this was so different. It was quiet, and there wasn't that usual buzz in the air. It was something entirely different. The build-up felt like a normal league game, because it was just us as a team on the bus, all focusing on what we needed to do, rather than being distracted by the outside noise that usually comes with big games like this. But we all felt so confident going into the game,
We were mentally and physically prepared, and after our comeback win over Cheltenham the week before, we felt like we could do anything and go the whole way. We started really, really well on the night and found ourselves 2-0 up at half-time, and then we went out for the second half and scored another two, so we nailed our game plan. I honestly don't think I'll ever forget that feeling on the final whistle, Even though there were no fans at Wembley to really enjoy that moment with us, we knew that they were feeling it back home, and how much it all means to them. It was different because they weren't there, but it doesn't take anything away from how special that moment was to all of us. Since coming back from lockdown, going all the way in the playoffs, and lifting that trophy is all we've been thinking about, so it was an incredible moment. Normally, you'd hear the roar of the crowd at the final whistle, but this time you could hear each touch of the ball and the echoes from our celebrations all around the stadium is something I'll never forget. I think playing any competitive game behind closed doors is always going to be a weird experience, but to do it for a game of this magnitude at a stadium like Wembley makes it so much weirder. Although when we finally arrived back in Northampton, We were greeted by some fans, and that was such a nice feeling to directly see what that win meant. I'm so happy that we had the chance to finish the season and get the reward for all of our hard work. In March, when we went into lockdown, we had no idea how long this would all go on for. But as time went on, things sounded worse and worse, and then we got to the stage where they announced that League Two had been cancelled and the consensus at the time was that the playoffs wouldn't go ahead. One message Keith Curl really emphasised to us when we returned to training was that he wants to see us all do our job and show our personality on the pitch so we knew exactly how we wanted to play and how we could get success, and that allowed everything to fall into place at the perfect moment. You've only got to look at our performance in the final. We were superb. We started so aggressive and right from the first minute. We pinned them back and kept asking them question after question. We never gave them a chance. It was a special moment to be a part of, and I want to say a massive thank you to Northampton and their fans for their support throughout my time there. I've genuinely learnt so much, being in and around a senior dressing room every day. I've seen with my own eyes just how much every game means to the players, especially when you're playing for promotion. At the end of the day, you're playing for other people's livelihoods, so it means a lot to each player, and every day you need to make sure that you're maintaining high standards. I can honestly say that this experience has really shaped me into becoming a better professional and it's something that I'll carry forward with me for the rest of my career. James Olienka, The Lowdown, Earliest Memory of Football The first ever London derby I watched at Highbury in 2005 Who got me into football? Dad First footballer I looked up to, Thierry Henry Team I supported growing up, Arsenal. Best player I faced, Callum Hudson-Odoi. Biggest influence, Dad. Best goal I've scored, my goal against Colorado in pre-season tour in America last year. Who I combined best with, Matt Smith. 
best moments of my career so far. Promotion from League Two. Sing one song to save my life. Gunner, Matt Garley. Another sport I'm good at. Basketball. About me. Favourite footballer of all time, Kevin Abrun. Favourite follow on Instagram, Lebron Jones. Best footballing attribute, energy. If I wasn't a footballer, I would be an architect. Favourite training drill, finishing drills. One thing I want to do in career, win the Champions League. Ideal cheat meal, pizza. Best thing about Arsenal, I play for the team I support. The first team player I look up to most, Joe Willock. Around the academy, will definitely make it, Zach Swanson. Best touch, Trey Coyle. Most committed, Harry Clark. Would be best manager, me. Strongest, Mark McGuinness. Captain material, Mark McGuinness. Funniest, Flo Balligan. Best singer, Zach Madley. Rate yourself. Pace, 8 out of 10. Dribbling, 8 out of 10. Passing, 7 out of 10. Shooting, 7 out of 10. Defending, 8 out of 10. Physical, 8 out of 10. Academy News. Playoff final success for Olienka. As you have just learned, on-loan midfielder James Olienka helped Northampton Town gain promotion to League One with a 4-0 win over Exeter City last week. The Cobblers made a dream start to the playoff final when Ryan Watson opened the scoring with a deflected strike before Callum Morton doubled their lead with a simple finish from close range. Exeter's Dean Moxie was sent off early in the second half for a late tackle on Watson and Keith Cole's side were quick to make the advantage count with goals from Sam Hoskins and Andy Williams. The victory sees Northampton promoted back into third tier after two seasons in League Two. Olienka came on as a substitute in the 74th minute and provided energy and dynamism in midfield. The 19-year-old will now return to North London, having made four appearances, scoring once for the Cobblers. Emil stars for troubled terriers. Emil Smith-Rowe played the first three games for Huddersfield Town after the restart. The Terriers returned to football with a 2-0 defeat against Wigan, a 3-1 loss at Nottingham Forest and an eye-catching 3-0 win against Birmingham City. And our young midfielder looked sharp in all three fixtures, driving at the opposition with pace and playing a number of probing passes. The 19-year-old's combination play with striker Carlin Grant has been particularly impressive, with the duo showing a promising understanding in the final third. Smithrow has clocked up 13 appearances since joining Huddersfield on loan in January, winning five of the ten games in which Emil has started, scoring once and assisting three. He will no doubt play a key role in helping the Terriers avoid relegation as they find themselves in the relegation zone at the time of writing. Osetutu makes history. Jordi Osetutu wrote his name into the history books when the two Bundesliga returned in May becoming the first English player to score a competitive goal post-lockdown. 
The versatile defender started the game and played 80 minutes as VfL Bochum secured a comfortable 3-0 home victory over Heidenheim. It took the house just 11 minutes to open the scoring when Anthony Losillas latched on to a dangerous delivery to head home inside the area before Osetutu doubled their advantage shortly after. Despite starting on the right wing, the 21-year-old regained possession in the middle of the area, shifted the ball out from under his feet and showed great composure to fizz a low effort into the bottom corner. Silveri Mbusi then went on to make it three with a cool finish in the second half. Osetutu finished the game having made one key pass and three interceptions in addition to winning five duels and completing two take-ons. The youngster has maintained his fine form since then, scoring twice more and providing two assists in vital wins against Holstein Kiel, VfL Osnabrück and Erzgebirge Au. As a result, Bochum finished the 2019-22 Bundesliga season in eighth place. Junior Gunners, always ahead of the game. WTOW, here's Theo and his proud big sister, Aria. Welcome to the world, Theo. Would you like to welcome someone to the world? Send us a photo to juniorgunners at arsenal.co.uk and let us know all about them. WTOW Membership. The membership is for our youngest fans aged 0 to 3 years. As a WTOW member, your Mini Guna gets you access to fun competitions, special events and loads of other benefits including Gunners Membership Pack. Find out more at arsenal.com forward slash membership. Our Junior Gunners Mosaic is displayed at the Emirates Stadium. Back in May, we asked you to share photos of your junior gunners to feature on the artwork. With lots of young Arsenal support, the response was overwhelming as we received hundreds of amazing junior gunner pictures. Our junior gunner mosaic is shown proudly on our Twitter and Facebook pages and today we're thrilled to announce that Gunnosaurus has helped us get it displayed just outside the players' tunnel at the Emirates Stadium. The Arsenal squad will see your amazing photos just before kickoff, and we're sure it will give them the extra boost to win the game. Come on, Arsenal! On duty. We unfortunately can't have any mascots at the game between now and the end of the season. Each junior gunner that was pre-scheduled will be given the opportunity to fulfil their mascot duties when it is safe to do so. Win a signed shirt during tonight's game. We've teamed up with Octopus Energy, Arsenal's official energy partner who powered Emirates Stadium and all our facilities with 100% renewable electricity to award one junior gunner with a shirt signed after every Arsenal Premier League home game for the rest of the season. To enter, all you need to do is to show your Arsenal support from home and send us a photo of your junior gunner watching the game too. Junior Gunners at arsenal.co.uk We'll select our favourite and they'll win a signed shirt. A few runners-up may also feature on our social media sites too. So to enter, head to arsenal.com 
forward slash Junior Gunners or download the Junior Gunners app from Google Play or the App Store. Broadcasting Breakthrough. Tracksing in Technicolor. Culture Club. Over the decades, Arsenal have had a big influence on popular culture. Historian John Sperling looks at the Gunners' unique impact off the pitch. The BBC's Match of the Day cameras covered Arsenal's opening match of the 1970-71 season against Manchester United. As always, it was one of the most eagerly anticipated games of the season, and after the Fairs Cup victory three months earlier, hopes amongst Gunners fans for a great season were high. An enormous 55,000 crowd packed Highbury that day, for a game which gained huge significance as the season passed. The United game also signified a crucial development in the relationship between football and television. A few weeks earlier, football fans had had the opportunity to enjoy the 1970 World Cup on the small screen, and Brazil's golden-yellow shirts, framed by the lush-green Mexican pitches, poured out of the screens. It was football almost from another planet. Electrical shops reported that huge numbers of colour TVs were purchased or rented that summer. For many Gunners fans... The Arsenal v United match on August the 22nd was the first time they'd ever seen Arsenal on television in colour. With the home team clad in their classic red and white tops, United turned out in dark blue. The colours contrasted beautifully. The game couldn't have gone better for Arsenal, with John Radford's predatory hat-trick and George Graham's headed goal, described by Barry Davies, giving the home side a 4-0 win on a beautiful summer's day. But for the neutral, the match is perhaps best remembered for Gunners goalkeeper Bob Wilson's save from the mercurial George Best. During an evening with Jimmy Greaves in 2004, special guest Best recalled, One thing that still really annoys me is what happened at Highbury in 1970. I was clean through against Arsenal, with just Bob Wilson to beat. I did what I used to do all the time, fainted to the left and moved to the right. But this time, Bob snatched the ball from me. I can remember it like it was yesterday. Sometimes I wake up at night even now and wonder how I didn't score. And it was over 30 years ago. The highlights also demonstrated just how effective midfield enforcer Peter Storey was in doing his job. Skipper Frank McClintock recalled, The Arsenal team I was in always had a great record against United. We'd put Peter Storey tight on Bestie, and Snouty would always grunt and snort when he played in that destructive role. Basically, he didn't really like playing there, and he'd swear and make noises, anything to put Bestie off his game. None of the team gave Bestie the chance to express himself. He was a beautifully balanced player who could glide past you if you let him, and then he was gone. Decades later, Bob Wilson recalls his famous televised save. Attackers would come through at full pelt, but I knew that at some point they would knock the ball a little bit too far ahead. I knew there was a split second where I could pounce. 
People said I was mad because I went in head first. But that was the aspect of my game which lifted me out from the pack. It was the diamond in my game. And I really would go like a torpedo at players' feet. Eight times out of ten, George would have scored that day. He dropped his shoulder and tried to go to my left, his right, and for a moment, the ball was out of his control. I shocked him by scooping the ball away from his feet, and he looked back in horror. He jogged away, but I got up on my feet and was elated. It remains my greatest save, because it was from George Best. In Wilson's study, he has a framed sequence of photos showing the moment. Over the sequence of snaps, Best has written, Kind regards, Bob. Sooner or later you get a lucky one. George. The game's importance went deep, as Wilson recalls. Arsenal's victory that day sent out a message that following on from the Fairs Cup win, the club was moving in the right direction. It was the best of omens for a wonderful season, and I've seen the highlights of that match many times since, and I still swell with pride, knowing that it was the start of the historic double season. Almost half a century after Arsenal completed their historic first double, fans and players are fortunate in that so much footage remains of that season, even if some of it, like the highlights of the decisive 1-0 win at White Hart Lane, which secured the league title, is so brief and grainy. But few matches burn more brightly in the memory than that 4-0 win over United, which not only confirmed Arsenal's title credentials, but also confirmed that the age of Technicolor football had well and truly arrived in N5. Arsenal family, at home with Eddie Nicotier. Players tell us about how their family life influenced their football careers. Tell us about your family you grew up with, Eddie. We're a family of five. My mum, my dad, my two sisters. We're a close-knit family. I'm quite a family man, and I have quite a lot of close friends who I also see as family. It's good coming from South London, because there aren't a lot of chances, so you have to really work hard and be focused. You have to steer clear of distractions, but luckily I've got a good family around me who kept me grounded and have always supported me. I owe a lot of the success I have right now to them because of the hard work they put in and the dedication they had to helping me get to where I want to get to. They keep pushing. Where was the family home? I was born in Lewisham and grew up in Deptford, south-east London. In my younger days I grew up in a flat and then we moved to a house that was a bit bigger but in the same area. It wasn't the biggest of houses but it was decent. Obviously the area I lived in wasn't the nicest, but there were football cages for us to play in. I used to play in the house, and then when I was old enough, I'd play in the streets with my friends. A lot of my local friends lived close by, so we'd literally make a goal out of two cars or bags or whatever we could find, and just play for hours in the street. Obviously, it's nice to see that some of them did well, and there were some who were good enough, but unfortunately they didn't get that opportunity. Do your family still live in the same place? No, my family moved with me to Barnet, but we still own the house I grew up in, because it means a lot to us, and we have a lot of memories there. 
It just made sense to move closer to the training ground when I came to Arsenal. Do you remember any family holidays? Where did you go? We used to go to Ghana to see family back home. We went a few times and it was obviously nice to go together. My parents worked hard to give me everything I needed and wanted and I'm so grateful to them. Just getting away and being with my family is a blessing. Ghana is very different and you really appreciate what you have when you go there. Obviously there are some nice places there but there are parts where people are less fortunate. We have always tried to help when we can and give back. It's about showing your appreciation for where you are. Did you have any family pets? I'm not really too fond of animals if I'm being honest. I never had any pets. Maybe my sister had a goldfish or something but nothing too big. We're not really a family of pet lovers. What kind of music did you associate with family life? I'd say a bit of everything. My family liked Afro beats, but I used to control the music, so it was whatever I liked at the time. I'd dictate the music. I'm a bit like that in the dressing room, but I'm more of an earpods man. I like to be in my own zone. Which movies do you remember from your childhood? It's the Christmas ones that I remember most, like The Grinch. Nothing too scary. Other than football, what other sports were the family interested in? None. Although we did used to watch athletics, actually, when there was a major championship on the telly. But it was more of a footballing home, and my sisters liked to watch football too. Was there anything you would do with all your family? We're quite a religious family, so we used to go to church every Sunday, and when I have the time off, I still try to go. We pray together and try to learn more about God together, and church is definitely one of the traditions that we try to keep going together. What was the family car? We had a couple. My mum used to have a little Nissan Micra back in the day. She used to squeeze us all in like a magic trick. My dad had a decent little BMW 3 Series, and that was all right to be fair. But that's about it. Probably the Micra was the funniest one. She's changed it now, so she's a bit happier. What games do you associate with family life? We played Monopoly a lot, and when I got older there was a bit of Tekken on the PlayStation. That gets a bit competitive. Monopoly does take a while, but I was never the one who threw the board away. I was more of a wind-up, so I tried to keep it composed. Where would you eat if you went out for a special meal? We all like Asian food, so it would be Chinese. But also harvesters, as there was a nice little spot not far from where I live. Was there a phrase or family motto that anyone said to you when you were trying to make it? Just to never give up, and don't listen to people when they put you down. Arsenal women. Joe Montemuro continues to build his side ahead of next season. Schneiderbeck signs on. We're delighted to confirm that Victoria Schneiderbeck has signed a new contract, committing her future to the club. A versatile defender and captain of the Austria national team, Vicky joined us from Bayern Munich in May 2018 and helped us secure the FA Women's Super League title in her debut season. The 29-year-old then kicked on, in impressive fashion in 2019-20, to 20, 
starting 17 games across all competitions and guiding us to 12 clean sheets. Said head coach Joe Montemurro, I'm really delighted to have Vicky stay with us. She's a really experienced professional who is always willing to work for the team and go that extra mile to help someone out, so she really personifies what we're trying to achieve. We're ecstatic to retain her at Arsenal. Schneiderbeck said after signing, I'm truly very happy to finally make it official. It just feels so right to stay with this club, with the philosophy, with the staff and players, and it's both the big picture and the small details that feel right to me. I still think there is so much more to come from me, and now I just can't wait to be back at London County and start training, not alone, but with my teammates again. Thanks, and good luck. Arsenal women legend Danielle Carter has left the club following the conclusion of her contract. Danielle joined us from Leighton Orient Centre of Excellence in 2009, and since then she's helped us to five Continental Tyres Cups, four FA Cups and three Women's Super League titles. Following 11 successful years in North London, she departs us as the longest-serving player in the current squad, having scored 60 goals in 184 appearances. The England international has been involved in many iconic Arsenal moments throughout the years, including scoring in an FA Cup final against Chelsea at Wembley in 2016, which saw us lift the prestigious trophy for a record 14th time. Danielle has also made a significant impact off the field and was awarded the PFA Community Champion Award in 2019 to mark her incredible work supporting Arsenal in the community. Head coach Joe Montemurro said, Danielle has been an amazing professional and character through very difficult times over the past couple of years. She has achieved many accolades as both a footballer and person, and I am sure that there are many more to come. We want to wish her all the best for the future. Everyone at Arsenal would like to thank Danielle for her outstanding contribution to the team's success and for her exceptional professionalism and commitment to the club. All the very best for the future, Dan. Welcome to Arsenal, Steph. We are delighted to announce that Australia international Steph Catley has joined us from Melbourne City FC. The 26-year-old defender started her career at Melbourne Victory and has since gone on to play for Portland Thomas FC, Orlando Pride and O.L. Reign. Vice-captain of the Matildas, Steph has featured 82 times and scored three goals since making her debut at just 18 years of age. The attack-minded fullback joins Arsenal having won the W League Championship five times and W League Premiership twice, in addition to being named W League Young Player of the Year and FFA Under-20 Footballer of the Year twice. This is something that I've been looking forward to for a long time, said Cantley, speaking exclusively to Arsenal Digital. Arsenal is a place where I've imagined myself playing for a long time too. I'm so excited that it's finally done. This will be my first taste of European football, and obviously there's so much to look forward to, and so many big occasions to come. I can't wait to get started. Head coach Joe Montemurro said... We're privileged to have Steph at the club. 
She suits our fluidity, and she's very good in a positional sense. But more importantly, she's very effective going forwards. So we're excited to have her as part of the squad, and we're looking forward to some exciting times together. WSL final table 2019 to 20, first four places. Manchester City played 16, won 13, drawn one, lost two. Goal difference 30 points, 40. Chelsea played 15, won 12, drawn 3, lost 0. Goal difference 36, points 39. Arsenal played 15, won 12, drawn 0, lost 3. Goal difference 27, points 36. Manchester United played 14, won 7, drawn 2, lost 5. Goal difference 12, points 23. Match Report Sheffield United FC FA Cup quarterfinals 1pm Sunday June the 28th Bramall Lane Sheffield United FC 1 Arsenal 2 Goals coming from Pepe after 25 minutes from a penalty and Sabalos 90 minutes Sheffield United goal scorer McGoldrick 87 minutes. The Sheffield United team Henderson, Basham, Egan, Robinson, Bulldog, Norwood, Lundstrom, Fleck, Stevens, McGoldrick, McBurn. The Arsenal side Martinez, Maitland Niles, Mustafi, David Luis, Saka, Tierney, Zaka, Pepe, Lacazette, Willock, and Kalashnik. In the first half, Nicolas Pepe penalty gave us a lead after Alex Lacazette was clattered just inside the area. The goal was against the runner play after a difficult spell that saw John Lundstrom headed goal chalked off for offside through VAR. The Gunners were settled by their goal and Pepe forced Dean Henderson into a fine one-handed save after good interplay with Lacazette. The impressive Kieran set up our next chance with a perfect low cross that Pepe whipped just inside and we finished the first half on the front foot. In the second half, we were indebted to the offside flag when John Egan converted from close range and Chris Basham headed with a great chance wide, but we remained a threat too. With Tierney providing ammunition from the left, David McGoldrick equalised after Scruffy defending from a long throw. Bat super sub Danny Sabalos had the final word, collecting a loose ball inside the box and beating Henderson from a narrow angle, just when it seemed the home side had forced extra time. The game finished, Sheffield United Football Club 1, Arsenal 2. Visitors Leicester City 2019-20 has been a season of two halves for Leicester City. All conquering in the autumn, when their form was so good that they were mentioned as possible title challengers. They have been out of sorts since Christmas, and now run the risk of missing out on qualification for next season's UEFA Champions League, a prize that appeared to be firmly in their grasp during the spring hiatus. Champions of England 
against outlandish odds in 2015-16, to 16, the Foxes looked set to write another fairy tale when they responded to an agonising last-second defeat at Anfield in early October, courtesy of a controversial penalty, by reading off an extraordinary run of eight successive Premier League victories. The second of those, on a rainy Friday night at Southampton, set a new record for an away win in England's top division when they overwhelmed the hosts at St Mary's with a 9-0 scoreline. Arsenal were among Leicester's victims during that run, going down 2-0 to goals from Jamie Vardy and James Madison at the King Power Stadium in November. Indeed, Vardy was on target in every one of those eight straight victories, scoring 11 goals in total to become the Premier League's top marksman. But his and the team's run ended with a 1-1 home draw against Norwich in mid-December, and subsequent heavy defeats by Man City, 3-1 away, and Liverpool, 4-0 at home, effectively ended any faint title hopes. By the time of the lockdown, despite a run of just two league wins in eight games, the second of them 4-0 at home to an Aston Villa side who had knocked them out of the semi-finals of the Carabao Cup, Leicester still looked comfortable in third place, with an eight-point cushion protecting their Champions League qualifying berth. However, a flat restart, which included a 1-0 home defeat by Chelsea in the quarter-finals of the FA Cup, has raised serious question marks about the team's ability to hold on to their lucrative European prize. But Brendan Rodgers will be hoping Saturday's 3-0 win over Crystal Palace could prove a turning point. All things considered... It's been an impressive first full season for manager Rogers, who succeeded Claude Puel in February 2019. But after narrowly missing out on a trip to Wembley on two fronts, it would be a crying shame for Foxes fans if their team were to end the season with a whimper and fail to qualify for Europe. With five games left, however, Leicester have a huge amount still to play for. They are undoubtedly a team of many talents and they will be hoping Saturday's win, with talisman Jamie Vardy to the fore with a brace, kickstarts their season again. Leicester City Fact File Formed 1884 as Leicester Fossey Nickname The Foxes Stadium King Power Stadium Chairman Iowatts River Dana Praba Record Appearances Graham Cross 600 Record goalscorer, Arthur Chandler, 273. Twitter followers, 1.5 million. Six of one. Arsenal and Leicester still hold the record for the highest scoring top flight draw. We shared 12 goals with the Foxes at Filbert Street on April the 21st, 1930. Home comforts. We have got a 100% home record against Leicester City since moving to Emirates Stadium in 2006, winning all five matches with an aggregate score of 12-6. First and last, Leicester, then Leicester Fossey, were our first ever opponents at Highbury. We won 2-1 back in 1913. 
Our last meeting with them at the old stadium was our 2-1 win to complete the unbeaten season in 2004. Oba at the double. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang netted twice in four minutes during our last meeting with Leicester at the Emirates. Masoud Azil also scored in a memorable 3-1 victory in October 2018. Leicester City The shot stopper 1. Kasper Schmeichel Goalkeeper Born, Copenhagen, Denmark 5th of November 1986 Previously, Man City Darlington, Lone Berry, Lone Falkirk, Lone Cardiff, Lone Coventry, Lone Notts County, Leeds A Leicester player since 2011 when he joined from Leeds Casper has become a formidable last line of defence, emulating Father Peter by winning the title and becoming the number one keeper for Denmark. An ever-present in the 2015-16 title triumph, he also shone brightly in the Champions League adventure the following season. Determined, vocal and an outstanding shot-stopper, the 32-year-old has captained the side for most of this season. The England left back. 3. Ben Chilwell, defender. Born Milton Keynes, 21st of December 1996. Previously, Huddersfield, loan. Having starred for England under 21s at the 2017 European Finals, Ben has made his mark at senior international level and is now the first choice left back in Gareth Southgate's side. A product of the Leicester Academy, he worked his way steadily into the Foxes' first eleven, and despite some wayward form this season, has established himself as a mainstay of Brendan Rodgers' side. Deceptively strong in the air, his major asset is his driving runs down the left flank. The Playmaker 10. James Madison, Midfielder Born, Coventry, 23rd of November 1996 Previously, Coventry, Norwich, Coventry, Lone, Aberdeen, Lone. A £22 million capture from Norwich in 2018, James has gone from being a leading attraction in the Championship to a star turn in the Premier League and in England International. The gifted attacking midfielder has become the Foxes' creator-in-chief, taking free kicks and corners and generally wearing the number 10 shirt with distinction. He was in spellbinding form last autumn, when he scored brilliant goals at home to Spurs and Arsenal, but has struggled of late with form and fitness. The Centurion 9. Jamie Vardy Attacker Born, Sheffield, 11th of January 1987 Previously, Stocksbridge Park Steels Halifax, Fleetwood Jamie called time on his England career, 26 caps, 7 goals, after the 2018 World Cup. But at 33, he remains Leicester's talisman and lit up the Premier League last autumn, scoring 17 goals before Christmas, including a hat-trick in the amazing 9-0 win at Southampton 
and two goals on Saturday were his 100th and 101st Premier League goals. The lightning-quick striker contributed 24 goals to the club's extraordinary Premier League triumph in 2015-16, when he was crowned FWA Footballer of the Year. The boss, Brendan Rodgers, manager, born January 26, 1973, in Carnlock, Northern Ireland. Previously, Watford, 2008-9, Reading, 2009, Swansea, 2010 to 12, Liverpool, 2012 to 15, Celtic, 2016 to 19. Leicester pulled out all the stops to make Brendan their new manager in February last year, luring the Northern Irishman south after two and a half fabulously successful years with Celtic. Having retired early as a player, he made his name in management at Swansea, steering the Welsh club into England's top flight before leaving for Liverpool in June 2012. He held the Reds to a Premier League runners-up spot in 2013-14, but was dismissed in October 2015, resurfacing at Celtic, where he won the Scottish treble two years running and was on the way to a hat-trick when he departed for Leicester. Vardy Party Jamie Vardy has netted 11 goals against us in his past 10 appearances, including four braces. Three and easy. Arsenal have scored 11 hat-tricks against Leicester, more than against any other side. The last was from Alexis Sanchez in 2015. Both sides. A few players who appeared for both Arsenal and Leicester. Alan Smith, Paul Dickoff, Matthew Upson, Eddie Kelly, John Samuels, and Ignacy Mikel. The Anchorman, 25, Wilfred Ndidi, midfielder, born Lagos, Nigeria, 16th of December 1996. Previously, Genk a sturdy, long-legged Nigeria international who has become a fixture at the base of the Leicester midfield, Wilfred has made a name for himself as one of the most reliable ball winners in the Premier League. Still only 23, he was badly missed by the Foxes when out injured at the start of the year. Brought in from Genk in January 2017 for a £17 million fee, he sometimes operated as a central defender in Belgium but has been used exclusively in midfield by Leicester. The Cool Head 6. Johnny Evans, Defender Born, Belfast, 3rd of January, 1988 Previously, Manchester United, Antwerp, Lone, Sunderland, Lone, West Brom a long-time servant of Manchester United, with whom he won three titles and two League Cups, Johnny has proved to be an outstanding addition to the Leicester ranks, since they paid West Brom £3.5 million for his services two years ago. Calm, two-footed and strong in the air, he has formed an excellent central defensive partnership with Kagla Soyunku. A Northern Ireland international since 2006, he has 84 caps. The Warrior, 4. Kagla Soyunku, midfielder, 
born, Izmir, Turkey, 23rd of May, 1996. Previously, Altenordu, Freiburg. Recruited from German Bundesliga club Freiburg two summers ago, the long-haired Turkish centre-back spent most of his first season at Leicester on the outside looking in. But this season, he has been a fixture in defence, the perfect replacement for Harry Maguire. Strong, fast and rugged, though occasionally rash, he has become a Foxes folk hero, scoring his first goal for the club in a 2-0 win at Crystal Palace last November. A current Turkey international, he has been capped 28 times. The record by 8. Yuri Tielemans, midfielder Born, St. Peter's Liuv, Belgium, 7th of May, 1997 Previously, Anderlecht, Monaco A Belgian title winner and Champions League participant with Anderlecht at just 16, Yuri has now, at 23, collected 28 senior international caps. Leicester acquired him on loan from Monaco for the second half of last season, and he played so brilliantly that the Foxes shelled out £40 million to make him the club's record purchase. His form this season has perhaps not been quite to the same lofty standard, with his fellow Belgium midfielder Dennis Priet often outperforming him. Scouting Report Having once been on the fringes of the race for the title, now Brendan Rodgers' Leicester are battling to keep their position in the top four. But Leicester remain a technically impressive and tactically flexible side, with their 2-0 victory in the reverse fixture demonstrating the interplay of their forwards. There have been experiments with various systems, 3-5-2, a diamond midfield, and 4-4-2 for the recent goalless draw with Brighton. But Rogers generally sticks to a 4-3-3 system. This approach is notable for the attacking nature of the midfield. James Madison feels like a natural number 10, but has played the left-centre position excellently, while Yuri Tielemans plays a little deeper, but often combines with Madison for clever passes that break through the opposition's midfield line. Dennis Preet is an alternative in those roles, and comes into the side when Rogers uses the diamond midfield. But the other key midfielder is Wilfred Ndidi. In theory, his game is about sitting deep, providing cover for Madison and Tielemans and breaking up play. But he's also a penetrative passer and capable of sudden bursts forward in possession. Leicester's attacking game plan is more based around possession football compared to their incredible title-winning campaign of 2015-16. But the continued presence of Jamie Vardy up front means there's still plenty of counter-attacking threat. Vardy's positioning, often on the opposite side to the position of the ball, means Leicester can play long diagonals into the channels to utilise his speed in behind. He's also improved his game in tight penalty box situations, and in the reverse fixture twice took deliberately heavy first touches to shift the ball past an Arsenal defender onto his right foot. In the wide positions, Rogers usually prefers Ayo's Perez down the right and Harvey Barnes on the left. Perez is a converted forward, who pops up in goal-scoring positions at the far post, 
while Barnes is adept at bending the ball towards the far post, having cut inside. Mark Albrighton, more of an old-school crosser, is an alternative on either flank, while Damari Gray provides more outright speed. The other key attacking option is Kelechi Ihinacho, who scored the opening goal on Saturday, if Rogers wants to use a second striker. At the opposite end, Leicester have one of the most solid centre-back partnerships in the league. Kaglar Soyunko has attracted plenty of praise for his no-nonsense style, but the real star has been the understated, consistent Johnny Evans to his right, who often sweeps up when Soyunko has been bypassed. Both are also threats at set pieces. Leicester's defence has been weakened by the season-ending injury to outstanding right-back Ricardo Pereira. And while youngster James Justin is a promising talent with plenty of speed, he lacks Pereira's quality in defensive situations out wide. Ben Chilwell overlaps energetically on the opposite flank, and his recent goal against Watford shows his technical quality too. His relationship with Madison and Barnes down the left is often crucial in unlocking a deep defence. Match Report, Norwich City, Premier League, Match Day 32, 6pm, Wednesday, July the 1st, Emirates Stadium. Cedric, off and running. Arsenal 4, Norwich City, nil. Goalscorers. Obermang, 33. Zaka, 37. Obermang, 67. Cedric Suarez, 81. Teams, Arsenal. Number 26, Martinez, yellow card. 20, Mustafi, substitute, 46th minute. 23, David Luiz. 31, Kalasinak. 2, Bellerin, substitute, 77th minute. 3, Tierney. 34. Zaka 8. Sabalos 24. Nelson Substitute 58th minute 9. Lacazette Substitute 76th minute 14. Obermang Substitute 82nd minute Substitutes Holding 46. Willock 58. Nicotia 76. Cedric 77. Pepe 82. Socrates, Maitland-Niles, Saka, Macy. Norwich City, number 1, Cruel, 2, Aarons, 4, Godfrey, 27, Tetty, 12, Lewis, 19, Tribal, substitute 46th minute, 17, Buendia, substitute 46th minute, 7, Rupp, Yellow card, substitute, 75th minute. 23. McLean, yellow card. 14. Cantwell, substitute, 75th minute. 22. Puki, substitute, 46th minute, yellow card. Substitutes. Ida, 46. Hernandez, 46. Dermic, 46. Stieperman, 75. Ferancic, 75. Duda, McGovern, Thomas, Martin. First half. Having won our two previous games, we were on the front foot again early on against Norwich, 
with Kieran Tierney and Hector Bellerin looking dangerous at wing-back, while Danny Ceballos pulled the strings in midfield. But the opening goal came from a mistake, when the Norwich keeper dwelt on the ball, allowing Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang to nip in and score his 50th Premier League goal. A wonderful long pass from David Luiz started the move for the second, which Aubameyang laid on a plate for Granit Xhaka to rifle home. Second half. Emiliano Martinez made great saves either side of the interval before Aubameyang extended our lead with his second of the evening, making the most of a wayward pass by Josip Klimic, and beating Krull comfortably when one-on-one. We were well in control now and Mikel Arteta sent on Cedric Suarez for his debut. Two minutes later, he was on the score sheet with a powerful left-foot drive to ensure a comfortable win in our first-ever behind-closed-doors match at Emirates Stadium. Match stats. Total shots. Arsenal 13, Norwich City 8. Shots on target. Arsenal 8, Norwich City 2. Corners, Arsenal 6, Norwich City 2. Offsides, Arsenal 0, Norwich City 2. Fouls, Arsenal 10, Norwich City 10. Possession, Arsenal 52%, Norwich City 48%. Teams, for Arsenal, head coach Mikel Arteta. Red shirts with white sleeves, white shorts and white socks. 1. Bernd Leno, goalkeeper. 2. Hector Bellerin. 3. Kieran Tierney. 5. Socrates Papastathopoulos. 8. Danny Ceballos. 9. Alexandre Lacazette. 10. Masut Ozil. 11. Lukash Torreira. 14. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. 15. Ainsley Maitland-Niles 16. Rob Holding 17. Cedric Suarez 19. Nicolas Pepe 20. Schroeder Mustafi 21. Callum Chambers 22. Pablo Mori 23. David Lewis 24. Reese Nelson 26. Emiliano Martinez Goalkeeper 28. Joe Willock 29. Matteo Ganduzzi 30. Eddie Nketiah 31. Zird Golazinac 33. Matt Macy, goalkeeper 34. Granit Xhaka 35. Gabriel Martinelli 49. Zach Medley 57. Matthew Smith 77. Bukayo Saka For Leicester City, manager Brendan Rodgers Blue shirts, shorts and socks 1. Kasper Schmeichel, goalkeeper. 2. James Justin. 3. Ben Chilwell. 4. Kagla Soyuncu. 5. Wes Morgan. 6. Johnny Evans. 7. Damari Gray. 8. Yuri Tilemans. 9. Jamie Vardy. 10. James Madison. 11. Mark Albrighton. 12. Danny Ward, goalkeeper. 14. Kaleche Iannaccio. 15. Harvey Barnes 17. Eose Perez 18. Daniel Amati 20. 20. Hamza Chuduri 21. Ricardo Pereira 22. Matty James 
24. Nampalis Mandi 25. Wilfred Ndidi 26. Dennis Pright 28. Christian Fuchs 29. Ryan Bennett 35. 35. Eldin Yakupovic, Goalkeeper Match Officials Referee Chris Kavanagh Assistant Referees Dan Cook Sean Masielis Fourth Official Darren England VAR Official Stuart Atwell Additional VAR Official Simon Beck Today's other fixtures Crystal Palace vs Chelsea at 6pm Watford vs Norwich City at 6pm The Arsenal Foundation Helping young people fulfil their potential through education and sport Unmissable lineup on BT Sport, Premier League, UEFA Champions League, UEFA Europa League, the Emirates FA Cup, Ladbrokes Premiership, UEFA Super Cup, Bedford Cup, Gallagher Premiership Rugby, Heineken Champions Cup, European Rugby Challenge Cup, Bundesliga, Vanarama National League, MotoGP. WTA Fight Night Live UFC KFC BBL FIH Hockey World League Barclays FA Women's Super League BT Sport Speedway WRC World Rally Championship Major League Baseball Search bt.com slash sport BT Sport Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello, Arsenal. We're here with fresh beer. 
Camden Hell's Lager and Camden Pale Ale are now available from every draft bar at Emirates Stadium. Cheers. Camden Town Brewery, official beer partner of Arsenal FC. Facebook and Twitter, Camden Brewery. Website, camdentownbrewery.com. VAR. What can it be used for? Goals. Offside in build-up. Foul by attacker in build-up. Ball out of play. Penalties. Awarded. Not awarded. Foul inside or outside the box. Foul by attacker in build-up. Ball out of play. Red cards. Correctly given. Incorrectly given. Not for second yellow card. Or mistaken identity. For red yellow card given to the wrong player. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.